We want to welcome you to the Bible teaching ministry of Fellowship Bible Church, where our desire is to honor God by faithful obedience to His Word. If you want to understand the Bible better, please continue to listen. You can reach us with questions or for more teaching audio and print material at our website, fbcaa.org. You can also watch our services live at fbcaa.org live. We want to thank you for listening and pray that you will be edified. Welcome to one and all. We're glad that you're here to at Fellowship Bible Church this morning. We have a wonderful opportunity to uh, visit with uh, Hector Garcia and his wife Paula and their children, Asher and Everett. All right, I'm going to get the names hopefully. Gabe, good to see you this morning. You have to meet Asher and Everett, okay? Yeah, show them around the place a little bit. All right, very good. Okay, let's, uh, let's begin with the word of prayer. You can see a little bio of Hector and his wife in the bulletin. I sent one out to you also yesterday, so hopefully you're familiar a little bit with their ministry, but after uh, this session we will be uh, much more familiar. Um, and uh, the plan is that uh, I'll pray and then Brother Hector will come and give us a little uh, introduction, um, a, a short video showing the ministry that they have, and then some more, um, whatever he has for us, and then uh, some Q&A at the end if there's time. Uh, this session will end around 10.30, 10.35. Uh, brother is fine if you want to go that long. God and Father in heaven, we are grateful to you that we can be here. We worship you this morning. We acknowledge that you are our God and that Christ is our Savior and Lord that the Spirit of God works in our midst and in, in us individually and in, dwells in our church and uh, as a local representation of the global body of Christ. We're grateful for these truths, Lord, and we're grateful that we can uh, get to know a new friend to us today, a new family, a new mission work, a new location, and guide us, Lord, about how we may partner with these folks in the future uh, and at what level and how and all of that, but certainly help us to be praying for them. And I know they have a, a prayer request for the work uh, going on with Somalian people in this video that uh, moved me, Lord, and I pray that you would uh, cause us to be laboring for these ones in prayer as well as for other missionaries. Bless uh, Hector as he comes this morning. We'll give you thanks in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, I'm going to invite... Uh, Brother Hector Garcia up to the front to uh, share the word and uh, update about his uh, ministry, their ministry, I should say. And uh, he will be uh, preaching this morning as well in the uh, morning worship service. So you're going to get a good uh, introduction to this brother. And thank you very thank much. You. Yes. Thank you, Pastor. Yeah, you can set that down there if you want. Well, good morning. I hope you're all doing well this morning. We uh, are very thankful. And uh, we are privileged to be here with you this morning uh, to share um, a little bit about Zambia and about our ministry and what God is doing, and also just to introduce ourselves to you um, and uh, our ministry. We, um, uh, we've been looking forward to this, and then actually we're leaving um, this coming week, so today is the last, uh, yeah, so... We are uh, the last meeting we have, and we're very grateful for that. I was really praying that the Lord would open the door, and, and so uh, we're very grateful. Um, he arranged things to be here. Um, so 
just a little bit of introduction. Um, my wife and I are originally from Mexico. We were born and raised there um, in, 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 in Mexico. Um, our, our, um, that's our background. And so we do, uh, we do speak Spanish. If you want to learn some Spanish, uh, you, can, you can come and ask us. Uh, or um, I hear there might be a couple of people here that might know some Spanish too. So anyway, um, uh, I know your pastor is trying to pray for the gift of tongues. So <laughs> I'm kidding. So, um, but uh, if you're the Lord, uh, uh, the Lord leads you to a Spanish-speaking country, you can always contact us. So. Um, anyway, so we were born and raised in Mexico, and um, we, um, we have two kids, our son Asher, who's sitting right there. You can just wave. And, uh, and then our son Everett is somewhere probably uh, setting the church on fire, I mean, uh, at the Sunday school. Um, and uh, my wife, uh, Paula, is right there. Uh, she'll be the prettiest lady in the room. So um, anyway, <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm sure every man says that. Um, um, but I don't know if they all mean it, but I do. <laughs> uh, so we are uh, ministering in Zambia, in the country of Zambia. Uh, Zambia is located in central, in the central southern part of Africa, and uh, the Lord took us there um, in in twenty between twenty ten and twenty twelve. Um, uh, when I finished, uh, by the way, I'm a graduate of Detroit Baptist Theological Seminary. Uh, that's how I I know uh, uh, your pastor. And so, um, when I finished uh, at Detroit the Seminary, Detroit Baptist Theological, the Lord led us back to Mexico, where we planted a church. So the Lord allowed us to plant a church with another missionary couple. So um, for, for a little while we were there. The church got started when the church was becoming independent in Mexico. So we were praying about where the Lord would take us next. And so as we uh, prayed, uh, the Lord opened the door to go to Zambia. Um, a friend of mine had gone to Zambia for a year, and he was coming back, and he called me and said, Hey, you know what? There's this new little Bible college that, that has been started in Africa, and, and it has really good potential, and it's going well, and uh, we really need help here, and I'm going back to the U.S. So then the Lord opened up. I came home. I was on a business trip. I used to have a secular job at that point, and I came home, and I told my wife, Hey, there is this opportunity in Zambia. So she had to look it up in a map. And uh, I'm sure most of you would have to do that, right? <laughs> um, but, uh, and then she goes, that's in Africa. I said, yeah. And so, and then uh, f- six months later, we were in Zambia. <laughs> so uh, the Lord opened the door. We went. And our, our, our original intention was to go for one year. Um, and uh, because we wanted to come back and plant churches in Mexico or in South America that would have a vision for missions, that would do it. Biblically, that would be missions-minded churches. So we thought, if we're going to do that, let's go for missions for one year. We get experience. We see what a missionary sees. We experience what a missionary experience, experiences, and so that we can help missionaries, um, you know, better um, South American missionaries and be able to send out some, right? But the Lord had other plans, and uh, he left us in Zambia. And so, actually, it's uh, just to fast forward a bit, but he's allowed us so many opportunities to, to, to minister to Hispanic churches, Spanish-speaking churches in different countries that would not have been open if we were not in Zambia serving the Lord and, we were not, and if we didn't have the experience in missions and 
you know, expertise and missions that we have now after many years. So we have been 12 years in Zambia, and uh, our ministry is basically twofold. Uh, we we um, we train pastors and leaders. We have a Bible college there, Central Africa Baptist University. Um, so it's a Bible college, but the government made us change it to university because, uh, you know, in Africa, people like titles. And so the government thought it sounded better if it was called university, right? So they say you have more than one program. You have Bible and you have pastoral and you have missions programs. So then it's all ministry related, but to them that's different programs. So that's if you have more than two, then you're a university, they said. So then they, you know, um, but you have a different concept of a university here, right? <laughs> For us, it's, it's, so it's a it's Bible college. And, um, and so we are training pastors and leaders from Zambia and from other nations around us and so our motto is to train the next generation of servant leaders in africa for great commission living so we have a deep zeal and commitment with evangelism and to evangelism and missions and so we're training men for the for the for the great commission so we currently have graduates of our institutions serving in about 10 different countries um and so um we have actually we are three missionary families that um, we're, we're DBTS graduates um, serving at the same institution, and the Lord has really blessed the ministry. It's grown, and uh, more men are being trained, and um, it's making really an impact in southern Africa and in other parts of Africa. Um, like I said, we have different, we have graduates in about 10 different countries serving the Lord. And so that's what we do. We train men and women in the institution there uh, for theological training. Um, it's, it's such a great need. If you only went to Africa and saw the theological environment, prosperity gospel is a norm. And so people are so ignorant of the Bible, and all they want is just, you know, they're so obsessed with the supernatural. They don't study the Bible. They, you know, theology is, is non-existent in a sense as far as a good theology. Um, and, and so there's a great need of training men and women, uh, especially men for ministry, for pastoral ministry. Um, and so we have a, a few women that are there as well. Uh, not many, but we have some as well training in, in the, um, or, or going to school there. So um, then um, we also have, um, we're also church planters. So we, like I said, we started a church in Mexico before. Then when we got to Zambia, I, um, so I was, I was teaching my first semester, and one of my students came and said, hey, um, there's this community in, in the, city, the city. We're in the city of Kitwe, which is in the north, uh, near the border with the Congo. And so he said, hey, there's this community in the city that is growing, it's exploding, because there's a mine shaft there, and there's a mine, and then people are coming from villages and from other places to work at the mine. So our, our region is called the Copper Belt, our province or state is called the Pro Copper Belt, because there's a lot of copper and huge copper mines. And so then um, the, the community grew so quickly. Today there's like 30,000 people in the community. And, and so the cities are divided by communities or neighborhoods. And he goes, I want to plant a church. Or I want to start a Bible study. Would you join me? And we do. We do a work together. I don't know how to do it, he said to me. I'm like, well, I, I only came here for one year. I don't want to commit, you know. And so he, I said, but I'll help you pay for your transport so that you go every week and you evangelize. And, and so it was easy for me. You know, the, the, uh, the Western way, right? Just 
don't don't get involved. Just give a little bit of money, right? No commitment. Um, and uh, but I was like, you know, I was just fine. No, I'm, I'm going back, you know. And uh, so he kept insisting, insisting after a few weeks. So I went and we went and. You know what happened. So I was immediately drawn. I'm a church planner. It was immediately drawn. It was clear the Lord wanted that. So we joined hands and we started a Bible study, which turned into a church plan, turned into a church. And so then um, following the uh, commandment or the, lay, the principle laid out in Second Timothy 2, what you have heard from me from many witnesses, and trust these things to faithful men, right, that will be able to teach others also. So we left the church plant in the hands of the pastor, who was my student, who's now, you know, a pastor there. And so we moved on to join another church plant, which had been started by another fellow missionary. And so we uh, we joined there um, in early 2018, and then I became a pastor there. And so the two of us pastor the church now. And that church established, independent, growing. And in fact, uh, it's about six and a half years old. Um, but now it's been, I mean, it grew so quickly. We run about 170 every morning, Sunday morning or so, um, and a lot of people came to the Lord. The Lord has really blessed us, um, and that's a good mix of people from different nationalities and a lot of people from Zambia. So because of the mines, many people come from different countries, and so they come to know the Lord or they knew the Lord before, and they joined our church. And so it's a beautiful mix of so many nationalities. At some point, we had 16 nations represented in our church. And so right now we have about maybe 12 nations represented or 11 in our church. But um, the Lord has really blessed the ministry. Now, but here's the neat thing about our ministry, the, our church, is that um, because of our desire to plant more churches, the Lord led us to do it in a different way. So some of the students from the college have joined our church as members and we're training them within the context of the local church. So it is one thing to train in an institution, I think it's great. But now I have about four or five guys that were training in the church. And so they are members and they're serving, and the plan is to send them out. So last year, we started our first church plant in South Sudan. South Sudan is the newest country on earth, the most dangerous, the most corrupt, the most difficult country on earth also, just, be, just second to North Korea. Um, and so they signed a peace treaty after the war. And then we were able to start a church plant in last year in 2022. So we sent a guy who's a graduate of our institution, a member of our church. We trained him in the church, and then we sent him out. And we're about to send a second guy to join him. Um, he's also South Sudanese. He was a child soldier when he was a kid. The, the, the rebels took him when he was a young kid, like nine years old. And he was in a war for many years. And one day he managed to escape through the jungle, ended up in the refugee camps. And then he became a Christian, trained with us. He's about to finish. He's a member of our church. We're going to send him. And now we're going to have a team of two planting a church in South Sudan. Um, then in January, we're sending a guy to Kenya, but not to work among Kenyans, to work among the Somalis. Somalis are the second most difficult people group to reach in the world, just under North Korea, second to North Korea again. Um, so this is as far as reaching, not as far as danger. But Somalis are very difficult to reach. Um, very, very, very difficult people group. Um, and so he's a member of our church. He's trained in our church. Now we're sending him out. He's going to be uh, working in, um, in, in Somalia, uh, among the Somalis, I'm sorry, in Nairobi. We could not send him to Somalia. He could not even go in. Um, so 
That's going to be our second church plant being started in January. That's a long-term project, you know, with Muslims. It can take 10 years before we see a small group of people, right, or even more. Um, and then 2024, 2025, we're planting one in northern Zambia. In 2026, we're sending a guy to Angola. Um, all these are men that are trained at our institution are trained at our church as well. So within four years, we could have four church plants started. Uh, we already launched our second one in January, and then the other ones are in the process as the guys finish their, their work with us at the church. So that's what we do uh, in a nutshell. I hope, that, uh, I hope you're following that. Um, so we train men, and we train in the church as well. We plant churches as well. Um, my wife works with ladies. Uh, she does ladies' ministries. She has several Bible studies during the week. She meets with ladies all the time. Um, she's been able to lead some to the Lord. She also does conferences, um, retreats for ladies, all under the uh, umbrella of our local church as well. So um, if you have questions about that, you can ask her. In the past, she did a little bit of work with orphans as well. Um, it's changed a bit now how that works, but uh, she's working with the ladies now. All right, so now I'm going to show you a video that kind of summarizes what I just said. Um, and, um, but before I play the video, there are three people that speak in that video, um, three, three men. The first one, is um, his name is João Domingos, and he's a Portuguese-speaking man. He's from Angola. His family fled from the war in Angola to Namibia, and he ended up as a refugee. Then he came to Zambia. He's almost finished with his studies. I had the privilege to train him for the last four years personally. Uh, he's been like a son to me, really. And he's working at our church right now as a pastoral intern for his training. Um, and then he's the one that's going to be sent to Angola in a year and a half or two. Um, then the second man is a young boy, he's a young man. He's 23 years old or 24. He was our first convert ever in Zambia. So when we came to Zambia, he was the first guy we led to the Lord. He was only 12 years old. And now he's a second-year Bible student at our institution, and he came out of our first church plant. Um, there's another guy from our first church plant that is trained in our institution. He's just not appearing in the video. Um, and then the third guy you'll see is Alfred Yokoju. He's, he's the one that we're sending to South Sudan at the end of this year, beginning of next year, to join Emmanuel Juma, who's already serving in South Sudan. All right, so, but the video will summarize what everything I just said. Zambia, a beautiful country located in southern Africa with amazing natural beauty. A country composed of 73 tribes, where the great majority of its 20 million people claim to be Christians, but only a small number truly knows Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. When we arrived in Kitwe, Zambia in 2012, we had the desire to train African pastors and leaders to help them carry out the Great Commission in Africa. Therefore, we joined the recently established Central Africa Baptist University, where we have served for the last 11 years. In a continent that is flooded with animism and false gospel, there is a great need of biblically educated African pastors that will courageously proclaim the truth. Central Africa Baptist University has had a great positive influence, not only in Zambia, but also in other nations. By God's grace, we currently have graduates of our institution serving in 10 different countries in Africa, 
and we pray that the Lord would continue to use us to train more leaders. I mean, my last year, it has really been a journey of, of learning, uh, a journey of being made more like Christ. Um, so the first thing I will say that Savior has impacted me, besides the academic side of things, it has to do with my character. I've come to understand the importance of the gospel and not only knowing the gospel, but applying the gospel in our lives. And that was made visible through the classes that we have learned and also as doing life together with brothers around on campus. The knowledge that I'm gaining from this institution has really helped me to know God better so that I can apply the truths of God to become more and more righteous in my work with Christ. Not only that, we also have mentorship groups where we do life together with the faculty and the rest of the student body so that we work together in the work of Christ. A few months after we arrived in Zambia, the Lord directed us to begin Faith Baptist Church in Mindolo, a rapidly growing neighborhood of Kitwe. After five years of pastoring in Mindolo, God led us to hand over the church to Pastor Noah Mukwato, who had not only been our student at the Bible school, but had also worked with us in the planting of the church from the beginning. The church has grown under the leadership of Pastor Noah and has been established as the only gospel preaching church in that area. When we left Faith Baptist Church of Mindolo, the Lord moved us to Kitwe Church, where Hector became a pastor in 2018. Kitwe Church had just been started in 2016 by a fellow missionary and was growing and being grounded in the faith, but it was still filled with either brand new believers or unbelieving regular attendees. By God's grace, we have seen many people come to the Lord and be baptized during our time of ministry at Kitwe Church. The church continues to grow and has become a church with great passion and vision for evangelism and missions. One thing that actually has impacted me is looking at the way the members membership in Kitwe is mission-oriented. And so that's one thing that really made me to be passionate. And when I look at even the activities within the church, the church is really minded up to missions and reaching out the lost for Jesus Christ. In January of 2022, our church ordained and sent its first missionary. Emmanuel Juma, a graduate of our institution and member of our church, was sent to Juba, South Sudan to plant a church. The country of South Sudan has been affected by decades of wars, poverty, and hunger, which has made the work very difficult. But by God's grace, we have seen much progress, and a good number of people have come to the Lord. We also celebrated our first baptisms, and every week, about 60 people are in attendance, the majority of which still need the Lord. By the grace of our Lord, we are also planning to send out a second missionary from our church. Ryan Shield and his wife will be moving to Kenya to work among the Somalis in that region. Somalis are among the most difficult people groups to reach with the gospel. Therefore, we ask that you pray for them earnestly. The Lord has diversified our ministry, and in the last few years, 
we have been focusing many of our efforts on training leaders, both at CABU and in the context of our church. Right now, we are actively training a group of six students, which are also members of our congregation and are doing ministry with us at Kitwe Church. Our desire is to send some of them out to plant churches in Africa in 2024 and 2025. God is doing amazing things through our ministry. And though we have suffered many difficult trials in the last two years, the Lord has continued to sustain us. We are grateful for your prayers and we ask you to continue praying for us as we serve the Lord in Africa for years to come. All right. Hope that uh, gives you a little bit of a picture of what... Uh what is going on? Um, <clears throat> so uh, that's uh, in a nutshell what is happening there. Um, by God's grace and and in the Lord's providence, the last year and a half has been a very tough year or two years. It's been a really tough year, time for our family. Suffered many, many things um, there that we couldn't begin to list them. But uh, things, uh, I mean, we've had several near-death experiences um, and uh, very, very close calls, um, several diseases, um, illnesses, um, and um, uh, suffered the loss, of, the loss of my brother recently. He was only 31, um, who sadly was murdered. Um, then um, just many other things we, we've gone through in the field, and um, the Lord was just gracious enough to carry us through all that all that. So um, the, so we had not had a furlough also since 2017 because of emergencies um, uh, and then things that the Lord allowed in our lives. And um, finally, this year, the Lord allowed us to come back, and so, which means also we had not raised any funds since 2017. So this is, uh, so we were basically scratching the bottom of the barrel. <laughs> There was not, nothing left in the barrel, though, <laughs> but uh, the Lord uh, really uh, gave us the opportunity to come, and so part of the reason we came back was to report to our churches and to seek for additional support. Uh, we, are, we didn't get as far as we wanted to go, but the Lord allowed us to get a little bit of extra support, so we just ask you to be praying for us um, and for the uh, additional support that we need that the Lord would um, help us raise that as well. Um, so, all right, um, I have some few minutes, um, and I usually I leave uh, some time for questions, and that's what I want to do. Um, but I do want to tell you one more thing about ministry in Zambia, okay? And this uh, sometimes comes up in the questions, but it will help guide the questions a bit better. The biggest challenge as far as ministry in Zambia, is to convince people, of course, that's the work of the Lord, but humanly speaking, to convince people that they don't know Jesus Christ. All right? Now, Africa is very religious, whether it's northern Africa that's Muslim or whether it's uh, sub-Saharan Africa that claims Christianity right, as a religion. So Christ is a footnote in the life of people, um, it's an addition to their superstitious um, obsession with the supernatural and superstitious life, the animistic mentality that Africans have. 
So um, it is very difficult. Everybody, every single person almost claims to be a Christian. The past, the, 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 in the past, a president of Zambia in 1996 declared Zambia a Christian nation and put it in the Constitution. And people have taken it very seriously. They say, we're a Christian nation, we're a Christian nation. That just means that they're not Muslim. And that just means they want to fit with the West. You know? So, but there is very, very, very little true Christianity. What dominates, though, the reason they call themselves Christians is because prosperity gospel dominates everything. And it isn't prosperity gospel like America. This is like almost witchcraft. Um, I, I call these guys witch, witch doctors in a suit, right, these pastors. Benny Hinn is like a little choir boy, you know, compared to these African leaders. So Benny Hinn is just an amateur compared to these, uh, you know, prosperity gospel guys. Um, so it is so extreme that people would do so horrible, horrible things. They would, people would die because of pastors do things in the name of God. And so that's one of the biggest challenges. Um, they, you preach the truth, you preach against prosperity gospel, and you will suffer um, attacks, um, and um, they will attempt to do... Uh, there's a lot of satanic um, stuff going on, traffic of the occult, witchcraft, which they have uh, done to us um, before. And so, um, and, and because you are preaching against prosperity gospel. And it's, it's interesting that some of these pastors are involved in that, in witchcraft. Zambians are so Christianized that on Sunday they're in church and on Monday they're with a witch doctor. Everywhere you go, every street, almost every, every neighborhood has a witch doctor. And so, yet, the same people claim, claim to be Christians. And in church, they'll be wearing a witchcraft, you know, beads or, or something related to that uh, satanic stuff while they're in church. Even, witch, even some witch doctors will ask you if you want witchcraft with Bible or without Bible. I don't even know how that works. That's the level of deception that we see there. So, all right. So now let me open it up for questions. Uh, is there a question? Yeah. Hector, could you yes. define briefly what animism is? And then I have another question unrelated. Yes. So animism from the word anima in Latin, uh, would, um, which means spirit, life, breath, right? It refers to um, a, a belief that things have life in a sense, so to speak. So things like rocks, mountains, weather patterns, spirits, um, you know, things like those have some kind of say in the everyday affair of life, you know, affairs of life. So, um, for example, Africans would believe that if you pray in a mountain, there's more power because there's power in a mountain, right? They believe that if you have a necklace of protection, then you're protected, right? Or they, they, most people would see the Bible as uh, some kind of luck, uh, good luck charm. And they see the Bible, they sleep with the Bible under their pillows. Thousands of people do that for protection. They think that if you, they have a Bible with them, they're protected from evil spirits and all that kind of stuff. So that's animism, and it's so prevalent. Um, the stories of spirits, 
my grandpa became a spirit and now's annoying me and hunting me and all that. It's everyday stuff, you know. So. Okay, thank you. And then um, uh, I, I'm supposing you don't have much difficulty with visas and, and renewal and all of that because mm -hmm. of the stance of the government there, but can you just describe how that works for you? Do you have to renew sure. every year or, or what? Yeah, um, so uh, because we've been there now 12 years, I just got our my permanent residence. So, but generally you do have to be renewing them. Now, and paper is not difficult. You can come in and all that. The problem is there's a lot of corruption. And when you don't participate in it, you know, things take a lot longer and a lot more money, you know. So they try to charge you so many extra fees because you're not contributing to their pockets, right? So, but thankfully now, right now, now I have a permanent residence. But there, it, was a, it was a long road to get to that point. I so, see And that. expensive, too. I'm sure. Any other questions, please? Yes. All right. I want to use the microphone so we can hear. Uh, question. You mentioned uh, there are lots of nations represented at your church. Can you tell us more about the languages that are used? Are the, are the services oh. in English? And what kind of languages yes. are other people using outside of that? Thank you. That's a good question. So uh, Zambia is a former British colony. So, you know, the British colonized a lot of countries in Africa. So that means we're driving the other side, right? Um, so that was really weird to get used to. But, um, uh, yeah, so English is the official language in the country. So education is done in English. And in major cities, our city is the second largest. You can have many churches in English. Um, but once you get out to the local communities, um, it has to be in the local language. But our teaching at the college is in English, and our current church is in English. The first church we planted, though, was one in one of the local languages. There are 75 languages in Zambia. So, and um, there, is, there isn't a single person in Zambia that only speaks one. I know one guy that speaks 11 languages. So. Follow-up question. You mentioned Please. about being able to speak Spanish at various times. Did you mean in Zambia? Are you able to speak Spanish there? Um, well, uh, there is a small community of Peruvians that have come to work at the mines. So, yes, when we meet with them, there are about 300 of them, I would say. Uh, we ran a Bible study at some point um, in Spanish. It didn't go so well, though. Um, they, you know, they, were, they only come for money, and then there were some tensions in the Bible study, so um, it was becoming difficult. But we did have a Spanish Bible study at some point among Peruvians. So They're miners. So they came, yeah. Yes. There's another question here, here, and then one there. All right, Becky first, right? I'm just curious if you have more men or students coming up. Like you've got some that are about ready to be sent out. Yes. Are there? others coming behind them so that yes. the flow continues? Yes. Every year I try to get new guys. So what I do is I let them, I let one semester pass at the school so I can observe their character. Um, and if I see there is one or two or three that are of good character and humble and passionate, disciplined and honest, um, which their values that are very important in that culture, then um, hard to find, then I would... Uh, start mentoring those guys so but I do have some yeah thank you well, well I was introduced to Zambia 
by missionaries at another church I was attending back in the 1990s, the Haydens. Yeah, family of five, and they they were going. They're uh, in the midst of the the AIDS a epidemic, mm -hmm. and people were dying pretty fast in Zambia at that time. It, I guess they they've recovered. Zambia has recovered well from the AIDS epidemic, hmm. but I thought maybe the epidemic maybe drove people and hmm. to the supernatural, both good and evil. Right. So um, the 1990s, when the Heathens were there. Right. Um, so let me speak to that. Um, so AIDS is a big deal all over Africa. Zambia, when we got there, one-fourth of the population was still AIDS positive, you know, HIV positive. So it's diminished, so it might be maybe about one-sixth of the population now. Uh, they've done a good job. But the reason they're very animistic and all that has to do with the African culture. That comes from the old times. So having been colonized, now you've got two, two cultures that mix together. And Christianity comes, right? And so when the colonizers come, they bring Christianity. So, but because you've got animism as a main religion of Africa, then it's just, it just mixes with Christianity. Now you have neither. So you have a, what we call syncretism, right? And so, yeah. Thank you. Hi. Uh, two questions. One yes. is, um, I know you have some background in uh, work within the orphanages, mm -hmm. and I was wondering, with your work you're doing currently now, do you find that experience to be brought in with maybe like broken homes, you know, and like with the children, how, anything with that? Right. So um, just to say, Zambia uh, has, I think they said at some point, one million orphans whether single or double orphans, right? And so they either live with families, relatives, or they live in orphanages. Um, so we don't do any work with orphanages, and the work of the ministry means that most people have been affected to some degree by a broken home. Um, families are different there, um, especially the families that live in, like, very poor communities. Um, it's a lot of debauchery, drunkenness, you know, all the sins that are very common in those communities. And so kids are growing up basically seeing that. And a lot of the things that we encounter in our ministry have to do with that. The other thing is this. You have to understand that in Africa, it's a shame and honor culture. So that's even a bigger challenge. So right now we're dealing with some cases that could have been avoided if people came and asked you for advice in the first place. Then at the end, everything blows up, and now they're ashamed, and now, you know, you got to step up and fix things, and, you know, and it's a whole mess. Uh, so it's a shame and honor culture. Um, a lot of sins are hidden because of the shame, um, and so, um, which means there's also a high rate of suicide, um, very high rate of suicide because of poverty and because of shame. Um, so I've actually rescued three people in the act of um, doing that committing suicide so um yeah but with orphans though um it's a very complex issue uh, something i'd like you to understand is this that we need to know what missions is okay 
because when you know what missions is, when you know your theology, when you know what you're doing, when you know what missions is, then you know what also what you're supporting and what you're focusing on. There's so much that is done in Africa in the name of missions that isn't really missions. Most people that call themselves missionaries come and dig wells, you know, they bring mosquito nets, they help build stuff, they, um, you know, teach women trades, they um, bring clothes from America, from Europe, right? Uh, they, they do schools, um, and then uh, to a greater degree, they build orphanages also. And they do that with support money from churches and all, and all that. And in a great majority of these organizations, Jesus becomes just a footnote, more like a little accessory, right, to justify the support. So they may have a little Bible study once a week. There's no connection to a local church. There's very little gospel preaching. And if there is, then if somebody by any chance gets saved, there's no connection to a local church, right? And so the local church is not very important. Um, and so it's very complex. So we're trying, actually, we have members of our church that some members run a, a big orphan ministry, and another group of members, they run a street kids ministry, and they're members of our church. They've grown, and now some of the kids have been saved and joined our church as members. So we're trying to help them with that, but we don't do directly as a church. We don't directly do that. Um, so um, I... I like to focus my efforts on church planning and training men for the ministry, which is what we see in First Timothy two, First Timothy one, Titus chapter one. Right? I left you in Crete so that you, you know, correct doctrine. I send you to Ephesus, Timothy, so that you correct. So the training, and then obviously the Great Commission, planting churches. So, um, and then everything is affected in a positive way, the orphan care and everything else. But um, yeah, so I, but it begins with a good philosophy of missions. No, I, I agree with that. Sorry, I went the long route well, to I answer I agree 100%. I mean, you're right. You focus on the gospel. Everything else is a ripple effect from right. that, right? Right. And then my daughter and I were talking. We were excited to have you here. And just we were curious, how many planes did you take Oh, to get here? <laughs> well, it depends. It depends the route. Um, uh, so you can uh, – the most we've taken has been six, you know. So uh, – but normally it would be about four or so, three, three, three or four. Um, but if you uh, Dubai, uh, what is that? Emirates had a flight uh, that was from uh, from no, what is that? Dubai to Houston. We did that. It was 16 hours, um, and so um, yeah, so that was the longest. But it was easier. Um, it was easier to do that. But we have done up to six flights. Now. All right. Okay, is there any other question? Any we might question? have time for one more. And if there are none, yeah, Jeff, yeah. another one. Being that you're from Mexico, how did you end up at, at Detroit Seminary? Um, well, uh, the Lord's sovereignty, <laughs> really. Um, so when I was uh, graduating, um, so I came from a, um, an independent fundamentalist Baptist, um, you know, um, and all the other adjectives you can add to it, uh, background. And then the Lord led me to a, a newly established college uh, in Mexico. 
And so I went through the Bible school, and then uh, I kind of like came to have my my second conversion when I understood the doctrines of grace. Um, and so, um, but I was still, I mean, I was a young man. Um, I didn't have my dad growing up with me, so I, I needed mentorship. And so there was a chance to go to a college that was quite, um, quite Arminian. <laughs> and then they offered me, you know, the moons and the, the moon and the stars, you know, they, you'll have a scholarship, you'll have, give you an apartment, a good job, you know. Uh, it was somewhere in the central part of the U.S. And and then um, I providentially um, came to know about Inner City Baptist and Detroit Baptist Theological Seminary. And then they they wanted to start a program where they would bring somebody from another country, give a scholarship, and try it out. So then um, I somehow stumbled across it. And um, one of the pastors knew our pastor. One of the Inner City pastors knew our pastor in Mexico. And so I became the first uh, guy, you know, the, the lab rat, if you can, <laughs> you can say that. And it was, I felt pressured because if it worked out, then they, they would bring others. And then they brought a couple other guys at the end. Um, you know, um, there's a guy from Spain that came. Um, I think Nathan Ida, his name is Nathan Ida from India, came also. Um, and then they brought a couple others. So, um, yeah, so that's how I ended up. And uh, the Lord just blessed my time there. Okay, that'll mark the end of this service. Could you just pray, brother, at the end here? Yeah, let's Thank pray. You. Thank you, Father, for the uh, opportunity we have to uh, talk about um, God's glory among the nations and how you're calling people from all tribes and tongues and peoples um, to yourself. Uh, Father, you want to be glorified and um, by disciples that are made from all nations, and I Thank you for this opportunity to speak about what you're doing in Africa. I pray that this would go in our minds and hearts, and we would pray more effectively for the ministry there. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you.